Hello, this is Ian Austin, and welcome to Friday Night Fright. Because we fright on a Friday night, y'all. And tonight, what a super splendiferous, mega awesome, super super splendiferous episode we have for you. Paranormal Activity, Tokyo Nights, coming up in just a few seconds after a quick word from our sponsor, Anchor Podcasting. I'll be back in just a second. Now that wasn't a shameless plug, was it? Ha 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 Anyway, enough frivolity. It's time to discuss Paranormal Activity, Tokyo Night. And man, this movie, I'll be doing a little summary at the end of this review, but this is actually a pretty good movie. Where's the preamble way? Here we go. This obviously is based on movie Paranormal Activity by Oren Pelly, which is explained by title credits in Cruel, which is actually slightly concerning because it's not necessarily what you want to hear when you start a movie like this. No, it's based on a terrible movie. In actual fact, this is actually a sequel to Paranormal Activity, so it's not based on it, sequel. We've got that good. Movie starts with woman exiting car. She doesn't want to be recorded, which is fair enough. Another woman, turns out to be the same woman, is put in a wheelchair, but we find out she's young. She's carried upstairs. We find out that the male protagonist is named Haruka, and he's recording his crippled wife as she lounges on bed. I'm sorry if you're offended by the crippled. Um... Less abled, we'll go with that. Anyway, this Haruka and his wife are so happy, which is strange to see, because Pound and Tifty, they should be miserable, surely. Downstairs, Haruka prepares a fishy broth. It looks revolting. I should add, it looks revolting when he's making it. It looks lovely when it's made, and that's theme throughout this movie, which is quite interesting, of amazing food. We cut to Haruka, his dad and wife, as they dig into food. They love the fishy broth. Banter about Singapore ensues. She, Haruka's wife compliments the fish. Haruka likes their home. I still wonder if these people have jobs. I assume they do, but you can never know. Anyway, later on, Haruka's wife is reading book on witchcraft. She hasn't been named yet. That's fine. Haruka asks for it and gets a kiss. Oh, romance. So sweet. So debonair. A game of charades ensues because we want to have some fun in our paranormal activity movie. This is already by far the best paranormal activity movie, and I don't say it lightly, although most of the movies in paranormal activity franchise are terrible. Later on, I'll be saying that a lot, they eat some more of the fishy broth and de- de- debate history. We find out that the father of Haruka, Papa Ben, is not a fan discussing history. Sorry, I was walking. He stays out of it. The family discussed the ghost mythology when it comes to America and how weird that Kate and Micah story was. Sorry if I sound distracted. I'm getting beer because it's very warm and I wouldn't drink a beer. Haruka pours salt by the door, keep ghosts out, because these people are competent, unlike those assholes from the other movies who don't know what they're doing. These two already know there's a ghost and are using their knowledge of TV show Supernatural and pouring rock salt by the door. That's very cool. It's also a clever little play, as we'll find out in just a second, because Haruka is using Veruca? No, just Veruca. He's using ghost logic against him. He's laying not only preventive measures, but also a trap. Because let's find out later on, salt has been smeared everywhere. But 
firstly, this movie's moving so quick, I'm barely keep up, which is amazing, because all the other movies I watched in Panama and Tiffany franchise don't move very quick at all. In fact, I've speak quick and they move. So it's kind of cool, because they find salt smeared everywhere, and it's really interesting, because we, as we'll later find out, and I'll say later a lot too, so I've got to set my disco ball up, the movie's working on multiple layers, which most paranormal activity movies don't work on. Most paranormal activity movies don't work on one layer, let alone multiple, and this movie is working on many layers at the same time. It's the equivalent of salt. I don't know how that makes any sense, but fine. Anyway, the family eats more food than debates ghost or demon, which is a game we've all played at certain points in our lives. Ghost or demon? No context needed, just ghost or demon. Which do you choose? Personally, I would choose demon, because I'm more of a fancy mythology kind of guy. Some people might choose ghost, but then I think I like horror movies, why choose ghost? But you can have demon horror movies. So, whatever, I don't know. I don't know what point it is, but you can spend hours playing demon or ghost. In fact, you should. It's the funnest game since Move Your Porn. And Move Your Porn's come back real soon, I assure you. Later on, Haruka and his wife set up a camera to connect the TV. Very cool. Harut says they're stunned for that early, people. Stunned that shit now. They see Salt move on TV. Oh, shit. Haruka replays it. Shit, says Mrs. Haruka. Shit. That's proof of ghosts if I've ever seen it before. And that's time. Drink some beer. Mm. Bud Light. Too good sponsor this show, but goddamn... Taste the water. It does sound like it, but this one movie I'm freaking out because this is actually having stuff of consequence happen early in the movie, which is fascinating. But also, Aliens means most paranormal activity movies have nothing happen in 90 minutes, and this movie is having shit happening straight away. So, I'm going to adjust my mic. Haruka decides that the only solution is to set up a camera in the boudoir. A camera of most excellent quality. Miss Haruka says no. But if she can't walk, he ignores her. And that might sound harsh, but in this case, can't walk, can't move camera. And they're making point, let us know she can't walk, so clearly infer that she's going to walk. Downstairs, Haruka says he wants to catch the ghost and make a good movie. He then passes out seconds later, and who hasn't done that? Who hasn't come up with an idea for a brilliant Oscar-winning movie and then passed the fuck out on couch? Like, I had some burgers last night and I passed out on the couch. So, officially, it's night number one and nothing happens. Or does it, question mark? Next morning, they watch the footage. Miss Haruka hates the cameras. She points out that Haruka's on parole, I guess. I don't know, maybe I'm misreading subtitles. He says he's cool and tranquil. And that's the end of day two. Because it's now night two. And again, nothing happens on night two, or does it? Question mark. No. Wait. Maybe. I don't know. This game complex. They're teasing shit, but then nothing happens. Next morning, Mrs. Haruka. Movie's got to give her a name already. Jesus Christ. She stares in bed, and Haruka blames the spirit. Miss Haruka laughs him off and says she is not content, but she's laughing. Miss messages. So Haruka laughs. He says he wants a bed cam. She wants to abandon it. I'm glad they got the set state thing out way early because I can't watch Paranormal Activity without a hint of a male-female disconnect regarding set state. They argue over what happened to that hunter kid in America. 
Oh, it's southbound number 54. Haruka refuses to take it seriously. Says that they're Japanese ghosts calling in Toby and this foul American ones. So naturally, a glass blows the fuck up nearby. Haruka says that it exploded. And it did. Anyway, it's time for Miss Haruka's hour outside the day. She says that she doesn't want recorded, even when Haruka points out that they're already at free and she's got to record everything for prosperity. She notes that you can't have 90 minutes at free and that's the end of that scene. Because it's time for night number three! Where nothing happens. Or does it? Question mark. Wait, oh shit, the door's opening. Oh no, Toby's not fucking around in this movie. Oh my god, the covers have been taken off. Toby, no, Toby. Yeah, that's technically that sexual assault. The next morning, they celebrate Japanese Martin Luther King, their friends. I can't keep track of this. What's going on? They play Ghost or Demon. You never play Ghost or Demon on Japanese Martin Luther King Day, goddammit. Anyway, we find out that her name's Haruka and his is Kaichi. Right, um, I'm not editing this. I'm not fucking doing it. We're just moving forward. We'll act like I said she was Haruka and he was Kaichi all the way. Anyway, much merriment ensues that everyone calls Kaichi a fucking fuckhead. That seems kind of cruel, but who who can judge? Haruka points out the ghost was gentle. Kaichi looks concerned, but also turned on, which, you know, if it's a gen- if it's your missus and a gentle ghost and it's consensual, you know, you might be a little turned on. I'm just saying. Now, if it's a demon, you wouldn't be turned on because that, that's creepy. But ghosts, ghosts are kind of gentle, mysterious, floaty. Well, that's still weird. Still a little bit weird. Random friend reminds him of that water ghost and that little bitch who fell into a whale. An unproof of language by proof of message. They watch the salt footage. And who hasn't watched the salt footage and been a bit salty for? Am I right? In Last Jedi, a bunch of women saving the Republic. Oh, they ain't well I signed up for with Star Wars, yo. Is what they would say. I, I found Last Jedi delightful, to be honest. Anyway, their friend, who I'm calling Kyoto, because why the fuck not? Uh, I used to play this. I used to go to Sing My Night University Bar 9 Aberystwyth, and every few minutes, one of the arcade games would light up, and we'd just see a classic text I must save the ancient Princess Kyoto. And now I like using the name Kyoto. And when it turns out she's psychic, and I'm like, what the fuck? She explores the house. She consents Toby and American Evil and says that they must all be aware of what the Americans did in the 1940s. She says that he's muttering about Hiroshima. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's not go there. Let's not say anything we can take back. Goethe is very scared. Toby starts reading from slightly confessionals on Reddit. Oh, wait, whoa, whoa. That's too far. You don't want to read those twisted fucking people are talking about. Trust me. I I have read and been concerned. And I say no. No, Reddit. No. Bad Reddit. And I've just embarrassed myself. That's fine. Kyoto flees, fighting the urge to vomit. As we all do. The other friends flee too. Just, just quickly, how long's a Tokyo night, by the way? Because this is clearly spanning multiple nights, but it's called Tokyo Night. Answers, buzz me on Twitter, Fry Night Fright. You know, what the fuck? Send me an email at iaustin.ian at gmail.com. I, I just have hand out my email address. Why the fuck not? 
Or Twitter, I don't know. Fucking post-reviewing answer question. I don't give a shit. Um, later on, Kaichi's cooking tea. Haruka wheels around. She grabs a glass. Um, okay. Kaichi calls this priest, asking for some financial advice. I think you've caught the wrong person there. Later on, Kaichi is editing his movie. He's worried. He hears some weird shit in the background, but ignores it. This goddamn move won't edit safe. And I have to say, I'm being sarcastic, but I'm really enjoying this so far. This is very entertaining. He's startled by a clang. A clang sound. A clang, if you will. Not glue clocks, clang, just clang. He explores. There's no source of clang visible. He hears another clang. He heads downstairs slowly. So many... What the fuck have I written? Oh, staircases. I thought I wrote traverses for a second. I didn't even know what traverses is. He turns the corner, literally, not fictively. He asks who's there because he's a moron in a horror movie. He enters the living room and finds the single light is on. It's very strange. He accuses Haruka of... Of faking her paralysis, and I'm like, whoa, that's fucked up, man. Don't accuse her of faking her paralysis. No one's that good at Even Dan Day Lewis is not that good at her. It's so fucking harsh. A TV pops on, then radio. Freaky, distorted shit plays. Toby is such a fuckhead, you know? And also, I really find this scene generally tense. I think. Maybe it's partly the way Japanese language sounds so much cooler than the American or English languages, but the intonations they use, like, you're missing out on a lot of that boring, lovey-dovey shit, or even bits you get, it seems more interesting than the American versions. So maybe all of paranormal activities should be in fucking Japanese from the start. Anyway, um, Haruk Kaichi decides to go back to bed. He's a smart man, you know. Like, if power goes out, go to sleep. If there's ghosting, the house goes to sleep. If, if you die before you wake, it's not like you would know anyway. He decides to go to sleep to the situation resolves itself. He looks at his room and sees a picture of him with his face smashed. He thinks nothing of it. Which is strange. Next morning, they eat silent breakfast. Kaichi sets up tripods, thinking he needs a good wide shot for his moving. I can respect that, you know? You'll need a good wide shot now and again. Night 4 is we're in split-screen mode, and I'm fucking not kidding. That's fucking awesome. Why do they not have that already in one of these fucking paranormal activities movies? Why do they have to go all the way fucking Tokyo to have split-screen? Because that's actually a really interesting device, playing with uh, visuals, Having one side influence the other side, you know? That's fucking interesting. Granted, they go and do it and they have people sleeping in separate beds, but that's also weird. These couples seem to get on better than all the other ones. Unless they're meant to be brother or sister. I have no fucking idea. Anyway, night four. The two of them stir. 2.57am. Her door opens. Oh, shit. Run, Haruka. Wait, she can't. She's less able. Fuck. She wakes up screaming. Kaichi, see, this is good because Kaichi on the other split screen hears the noise and runs to her room and we see that happening in one, technically two shots, but sort of one shot. He races over to sound for press sexuality and sees her door is open and says, that's odd. And I'm like, you fucking just walked through the door, you asshole. Haruka's freaking out. 
The door shuts from the inside, but they both act like shuts from the outside. Um, I'm scared, guys. I'm concerned. I'm very scared now. Kaichi goes to open the door. He finds no one outside. So he looks for clues. Wink, wink. He finds none, so he goes back inside. Haruka looks terrified. And I'm even on edge. That's fucking terrifying. See, this is how you use your imagination and low budget to create an effective horror movie. They're playing with visual construction and shot composition to make something interesting. Static shots, one her bedroom, his bedroom, split screen. Nothing on surface interesting, but the way they construct it, he, we see both, but our eyes go to her. We hear her scream. We look towards his room, seeing him run out, back to her room, she runs in. That is visual interest, visually interesting, creating a shot, constructing sequence, so it's not just by numbers. It's using our perceptions. We're focused on her, not on him. So when he reacts, we focus on him, then back her. Using her as source of the scene's tension and conflict. That's brilliant, as far as I'm concerned. And the American ones didn't do it, because the American ones were not movies, they were products. And they weren't particularly good products. They were fucking Bud Light products. I like Bud Light, but let's face it, it's a bit watery. Budweiser's never going to sponsor my podcast now. Shit. Anyway, Kaichi calls the 2016 Ghostbusters and do it too soon. Too fucking soon, Kaichi. The wounds are still too deep. I'm, I'm a Ghostbusters 2016 fan. If you don't like it, great. Don't fucking bother me about it. I love that movie. It's really fun. They turned, they couldn't make their budget back. I'm like, why movie? Why? Why are you being so such a twat, you know? Anyway, Kaichi hands up the phone, glances at the door. And Papa Ben's there with food. Papa Ben's so much better than Papa John. Papa Ben's wearing an awesome robe and says he'll stop the ghost. And he does it by bowing. I respect this guy. This guy's got game, yo. Motherfucker snaps his fingers like his fangos and then sings an anti-ghost song reference, referencing Hiroshima. And I'm like, movie, too, too, 70 years too fucking soon. Don't mention it. Shush. Shush. Anyway, he's got an anti-ghost mop and uh, it says dragons ain't shit. And then he sends into mop. Maybe I'm not articulating what actually happened coherently and I am making a lot of stuff up because I can't speak Japanese and subtitles were in French. But this may be the most incredible sequence in any paranormal activity movie. Because this is actually crazy. And whole movies should be crazy. Jordan Peele's Get Out and Us are very slickly made horror movies, but with a weird undercurrent. Horror movies need to be weird. Paranormal activity movies aren't weird, they're boring. This is fucking weird. This doesn't fit in a movie. But it's something that real people would investigate if they're being haunted by ghosts. They'd be like, fucking get Papa Ben in to have an anti-ghost mop and talk about Hiroshima and say dragons ain't shit. This guy's a badass, guys. That's what I'm saying. But I also went, Toby is going to fuck this guy up. Papa Ben banishes the demon from Haruka and it seems like he puts in Kaichi, which seems fucked up. He pats her head, touches it, and then touches Kaichi's head. So I think it's transference here. Papa Ben kneels, then stands, and says he's purified flat. The spirit is gone. He bows. I think, look, I think this motherfucker's lost his damn mind, but I can't deny he's entertaining doing it. You know, if you're going to be batshit insane, be entertaining at the very least. 
Kai Chin Korn looks sad. He has no moving now. Can I just say that was actually a really good sequence? I know I make lots of jokes because this is a comedy podcast and no one wants to hear straight recap of a horror movie. But that's actually really entertaining. And something I find this movie does better than the other Paranormal Activity movies actually does a few things better. It moves faster, it's better paced, better acted, better shot, better directed, better written. That's feels like that script. Also, it's fucking weird, which I like because I'm a weird guy. Night 5, split screen again. Nothing happens. That's a bit anticlimactic, but movie clearly wants us to believe that Toby's gone. And I respect that. I'm cool with that. Night six, nothing happens. Hmm. Movie's playing it a bit close to chess there. No, it's also close to chess. The taste of Bud Light can feel it rush to your arteries. Oh, Bud Light! Please don't sue me, by the way. So. Anyway, they're happy again. Kaichi suggests that they make a set tape. Brilliant. I don't know why he's so sad. Haruka says that she's going to interview him instead. He admits that he misses Toby. That's a good catch scene. Anyway, next day, she's on... Next, same day, I guess. She knit, she's on bed knitting. He's pouting. Then he rolls around in her chair... And I like that. That's a company thing. You know, if your partner's in a wheelchair, eventually at a certain time you're going to wheel around like an asshole using it. And that's okay as long as there's an uncurrent respect. But then a bis- they argue about something and then a businessman visits. Don't know who he is. He wheels her around and says that Japanese Wall Street needs more women in wheelchairs. She refuses to arrange logic, but he says he wants to bed her. Kaichi pouts in the background. That goes nowhere, by the way, but I respect that. I like the fact that sometimes you just have wishing horror movie does make any goddamn sense, and that was particularly wishy. It's just making goddamn sense. Oh, Budweiser. Joke. I'm joking, I love Budweiser. I know it's not beer for choice many people, but I really enjoy it. It's good beer, and I'm not being paid to say that. I'm drinking one out of my own free will. Budweiser. Bud Light. And who's a bush dot ink? <laughs> Night 7 split screen. Why is he still recording? What's he thinks going to happen? The ghost is gone. Oh, wait. Oh, shit. Toby goes for a ride in a chair. The cheeky little gobshite. I mean, her boyfriend do that? because, Or her brother or whatever the fuck their relationship they have. But Toby, you're, draw, you're crossing line. Next day, Kaichi watches. He thinks he's gone ending for his movie after all. Haruka joins him. She says she regrets sitting in that chair because she, she thinks Toby might have taken a dumping hang. I'm like, that's fucked up. The next day, Kaichi calls MIB Japan. They put him on hold. He says this is a crisis, realising he'll always be on hold. Night number eight, split screen. Haruka freaks out in her sleep because she would. I mean, she's being tormented by a really creepy ghost. Kaichi grabs a camera because he needs to record this movie and finish it. But his door won't open. Oh, shit. Toby decides that the only way to solve this mess is to drag Haruka to the floor. Oh, I'm getting creepy overtones there. Kaichi breaks his door down and legs it over to Haruka. When he gets there, she's on the floor crying her eyes out. He tries to comfort her, but she says Toby's under the bed. Kaichi looks but can't see him. Haruka points out he's invisible to everyone but her. Kaichi points out how fucking good is him he's invisible. And argument ensues in the last about four minutes. 
the invisibility, invisible ghost versus visible ghost argument. You've all had. It's ghost versus demon taken up notch, I assure you. Oh, man, that's good. That's good beer. The next day, uh, Haruka's near Komdos. She just minds making telephone calls, and I'm like, what is this, 1985 MTV? He questions her sanity and sincerity. Haruka points out Sandy are under pushing. I'm like, how does she know they'd be under push? They weren't even going to debut for two years after this, years and years after this movie. And Eric Young killing Dang that song will make herself better, but goddamn it, SmackDown stat, you know? Three, it's not three hours. You've got to wait thoughts before you can be on the show, boys. Got to be changing my shame of bitches first. Haruka's scared. But she wonders if Toby can make her walk again. Kaichi feels that maybe Pop Ben lied to them. He didn't purify a goddamn thing. They cite search online for Katie, who claimed that Lucifer possessed her. And that's a ch- that's switch up in mythology. Haruka's engrossing material is a... As they search through Luciferpedia, Kaichi finds the attack contrived and begs Haruka not to read comments. She insists. Haruka then asks Kaichi where Devil's Triangle is, but he leaves the room. And look, you don't want to discuss Devil's Triangle, trust me. You know, it's like you make eye contact, uh, it just goes wrong. Night number nine, more split screen, more screaming. Kaichi follows the noise. But you can't find her. This place is like a goddamn maze. It's like fucking Overlook Hotel from Shining. Kaichi goes room to room. Eventually finds her in her chair. High as a motherfucker. She's, tweak, she's tweaking out. She's twerking. A bite mark on the forearm. She says that Toby's jerking off in court and then passes out. See, I'm no expert woman. But I imagine if you're Mrs... It's talking about seeing a demon jerk off in corner, and then she passes out. If you look at demon that you can't see, ghost demon, then back her and she's passed out. You should probably take her to see a doctor. You should probably take her to see a doctor. Anyway, it's 3.53 a.m. Both are asleep. How the fuck do you sleep off Oflap? Oh, wait, Kaji's not asleep. He's watched over her, okay? Like a fucking creeper. Apparently, sunrise in Tokyo is at 4.30 a.m. I'm like, how long is the Tokyo night? If sun rises, the night ends. This has been... How many nights? Nine nights. Nine nights. Nine nights. Nine, 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 nine. Nine, explores Luciferpedia again. He questions the fatal, <laughs> fatal accuracy. And I'm like, dude, they have... Oh, yeah. Hey, He questions the fatal accuracy of Luciferpedia. And I'm like, dude, that... that we, that is pretty update, trust me. Haruka's out for the fucking count. Kaiji puts a cross in her hand because she's a good boyfriend. She wakes up, looks waxy as fuck, then she smiles. He finds nothing strange about any of this. At this point, my fucking rat batshit alarm be going circles. When he goes, she throws the cross to the floor. It slides along the floor, and more aptly is pulled along the floor. Then the shave collapses in on safe. Then the window smashes. Then a picture. Then the cross turns ablaze. I'm like, Toby, you were out doing your safe. You didn't work this hard in other movies. Later on, Kaiji sees the carnage. He finds it a bit weird. 
He curses out Putin and realises that God is dead. And I'm like, dude, we've seen three God's Not Dead movies. They're all fucking awful. Trust me, he's not dead. He's also not lying. He's the main character in a bunch of shitty Christian horror movies. And I say horror movies because they fucking terrify me and how bad they are. Night 10, split screen. How the fuck is Haruka able to sleep? 1.25am... Her door flies open. Oh shit, it's Toby's endgame. Haruka sits up like Dracula. Man, she's so slow. He gets out of bed slowly. She stands slowly. Oh shit, she's fallen. It's because her legs don't work. You can't walk, Haruka. You can't walk, goddammit. She tries again. It's Toby takes her on going, Haruka, 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 you deserve it. You can walk. Anyway, she stands up, wobbles. Oh, shit, she's waddling. Oh, my God. She zombie walks to the door. And this is where split screen works, guys, because we slowly see her walking towards Kaiji's... Well, we don't see her. She walks off screen, but it's one frame, is one shot. Two shots, but combined to be one. So it's really awesome. Because then his door opens. Holy shit. And oh my god. She's gone screen to screen. That's how cool this shit is. I'm not taking piss anymore. That's fucking brilliant. I'm like. But this point movie. I'm like. Haruko no. She staggers over Kaichi. And then watches him sleep. Like the fucking little creeper she is. Such balance though. She's on her feet. She's perfectly balanced. As all things should be. 3.19am, oh shit, she's by the bed, no, she, she's leaving, we're going back, single screen, yo, off camera, she screams, Kaichi races up, grabs his camera, bombs downstairs, we can't find Taruka, there's broken glass everywhere, he falls, he sees legs, he thinks it has Haruka's, she's in a cupboard, he reaches out, oh shit, it's Papa Bear, Papa Bear, why? He turns, Haruka smashes him in the face, butts him up the shovel, breaks his face in two. One hit KO, oh shit. Back to Kaiji's room. Kaiji screams off camera as he's thrown into the camera. Haruka rises from behind him, but Kaiji stands up, holy shit, he's not dead, what the fuck? He runs, runs outside, camera, streets are empty, but he finds a random car that pops by and jumps in. They drive off. He breaks down. Oh, my God. People, I'm so tense. Wait, fucking Haruka's in road. They run her down, but car crashes. Oh, my God. What is going on? Later on at morgue, Kaiji's letting see Haruka's corpse. What the fuck's going on? What is this movie? He, he sadly lifts a sheet, and we find out, oh, it's Papa Ben? But who... Took him out of house. Wait, what? I think it's Pop Bang anyway. I don't know. Oh, shit. Toby pulls him down. And off camera. That's an indication of rape right there, people. Oh, my God. We don't like to see horror movies end for rape, but that's an indication of rape. Anyway, we fade to black. And they fade in. Haruka's standing by Papa Ben. She looks at the camera and growls. We're okay, then. Oh. Well, there is your... Goddamn movie, Jesus Christ, Paranormal Activity, Tokyo Nights. Ooh, I'll be back in seconds after a few seconds, I guess. I'll be back and we'll continue, we'll do the outro and the little summary review. But whoa, what a goddamn experience. 
well, there's another episode locked in bag. And I, I just want to add, that was surprisingly a really, really good horror movie to watch. So if you like Paranormal Activity movies, watch this one and realise that you have a really, really, really bad view and opinion and critical analysis perspective movies. Because this is so far better than them, it's scary. Um, really good movie, really enjoyable, had a great time watching it. And it makes me excited to watch the last two Paranormal Activity movies. In theory, next Friday I'll be doing Paranormal Activity, the Mart ones, um, Paranormal Activity 4.5, or as they, some people call it, or as I call it. So that'll be fun. Um, and maybe I'll be doing Horror Review next week, I'm not sure, but I on Tuesday I will let you guys know. Uh, obviously, if you want to support the podcast, we're available on all your favourite podcast platforms. If you want to leave us a review, that'd be very cool. Don't want to, that'd be fine. Um, appreciated nonetheless. If you want to contact us on Twitter, it's at FryNightFright on Twitter. Our Twitter account is, well, your Twitter account's very cool. And, yep, if you've got any messages or anything like that, you know where you contact. Until next week, this is Ian Austin saying, remember, always fright on a Friday night, y'all. And life is beautiful. Goodbye.